Welcome to Charleston Church Down East Weekly Podcast. For more information about us, visit charlestonchurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message. I'm going to preach a message to you this morning called Ready, Set, Go. Ready? Now, there'll be nobody running any marathons in here this morning. I, for one, will not be running. I can tell you that. If you see me running, there's either something very dangerous behind me or the Spirit of the Lord has come upon me and things are happening, so I don't run. Ready, set, go. And here's what I feel the Lord's been speaking to me the last few days. Begin to speak it to me at the beginning of the summer. I talked with our staff and I said, this last quarter of this year, we are going to go forward with everything we have We are going to leave no stone unturned in the community. We are going to do everything we can to push this message. We're going to get in the community. We're going to spend what we need to spend. We're going to commit to what we need to commit to. We're going to put the hours in we need to. And we are going to see this thing go. And I told our staff and volunteer teams that at the beginning of the summer. And as the summer wound down, I felt like it's time to go. But what the Lord spoke to me this week was we've been doing the ready, set part for a while now. Tell by all the amens, you're excited about what the next part's going to be. We've been doing the ready, set. And we'll continue to do the ready, set. I've been priming you full of faith. What's today? September? Next month will be three years that Pastor Karen and I have been here. For three years, I've been priming you full of faith, priming you full of faith, trying every Sunday, get up and sound like a broken record, sweat and spit and do everything else I do up here, say things I probably shouldn't, all those things that I do. Why? Because I want to get us past ready, set. I'm trying to prepare us. God's trying to prepare us for the go. And it's time that we activate and step forward. And I mentioned a few moments ago, not just say, God, I need, I need, I need. But it's, it's not interesting. It's the Holy Spirit, what Carrie spoke at the beginning of the service, because I'm going to talk about that today. Here I am, Lord, send me. Not send me to church on Sunday and talk to a few friends and think I'm doing it. But here I am, Lord, send me. If you have your Bible or your app on your phone, that'll do the same. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Verse 18 and 19. Bible's falling apart. The binding's gone. I've bought like six Bibles in the last two years trying to convince myself I can use a different one, but I don't know. I'm just attached to this one. So if it falls apart all over the front, you'll know what's happening. But see if I can hold it together here. Luke chapter 4, starting at verse 18, we're going to read, let's read two or three verses here. Let's read 18 and 19 for sure. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives might be set free. What's the word? Will be set free. That the blind will see. That the oppressed will be set free. And I love this part, verse 19. And that the time of the Lord's favor has come. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, this is Jesus speaking here. 
And I know some of your questions are going to begin to pop up in your mind. I'm going to answer all of them. But Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. What does that mean? Well, it's pretty simple, the first part of it. The Spirit of the Lord was upon Jesus. We, we get that. We can figure that out. It says, he's anointed me. What is anointing? Anointing is, that's an English word. A lot of other languages don't use that word anointing. Um, I believe, like, in Spanish, it's translated, Josue, if I'm wrong, pretend I'm right. <coughs> um, it's unction. There's an unction that comes upon you when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you that anoints you, gives you that unction to preach the good news to the poor. What does that part mean? Let's stop and break that down. Good news to the poor. Now there's people who are very empty of faith will try to say, well, that doesn't mean like poor in money, that just means poor in spirit or poor in body. Okay, well let's go with all of those. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me and has anointed me, gave me an unction to preach the good news to the poor in body. What's good news to someone who's poor in body? Healing. You can be healed. God desires to make you well. Jesus took 39 stripes for a reason. Man, it's wicked quiet in this church this morning. It's okay. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the good news to those who are poor in body. The message to those that are poor in body is you don't have to stay poor in body. You can be strong in your physical body. You don't have to die early. COP, I just prophesy right now in the name of Jesus. COPD, heart disease, diabetes, cancer, blood diseases, heart disease will not take you before your time in Jesus' name. You shall live long and strong. You shall eat the fruit of the land while you're still here in the land of the living, not just when you get to heaven. Healing is your portion. Jesus said, I'm anointed to take the good news of the gospel. I have an unction because of the Spirit of God on me to tell those who are poor in body, you don't have to stay that way. He, let's go to the next part that, that we could say. Poor in body. Those who are poor in spirit, what does that mean? Someone who doesn't have Jesus on the inside of them. Someone who has no hope. They think they get up, go to work, come home, watch TV, go to bed fight with their kids, fight with their spouse, worry about money, get up, go to work. They do that for 60, 70, 80 years, die, and that's it. No hope. You know, the more I think about it, apart from Jesus, it's a lonely life. Apart from Jesus, it's a hopeless existence. Without Jesus, life is but a vapor, and when it's over, it's over. That's right. It goes by quickly. And then without Jesus, it's not good when it's over. The if you don't say, well, I don't believe in that, it doesn't change it. It's still true, whether you believe it or not. But hell is real. The Bible talks about hell, and it says that it's an eternal torment, that your body will be burnt forever, but never consumed. It says that the men, the accounts of people who have been there the bible tells us that it's like begging for someone to dip their finger in water and put on your tongue you will thirst there will be agony 
gnashing of teeth, weeping and crying for eternity. Like not a hundred, not a thousand, not a million years, forever. Eternally separated from the peace and presence of God. Apart from Jesus, that is the reality. It's no wonder we can't blame someone, anyone who is medicated out of their mind that doesn't have Jesus. We can't blame someone who doesn't want to live when they don't have the hope of Jesus because it's very hopeless without him. But Jesus is saying here, yes, poor in body, but I have been anointed with an unction, with a power, with an authority to preach good news to those who are poor in spirit. What does that mean? Poor in spirit means you don't have Jesus. So yes, we preach healing, but we also tell those who are without hope, without Jesus, because not in your own strength, but because of the anointing or the unction that's upon you. You with me so far? That you don't have to be poor in spirit. What does that mean? Now you walk up to someone in Walmart and say, you don't have to be poor in spirit anymore, says the Lord. They're going to look at you like I would look at you, and I know what it means. <clears throat> you know, there's no anointing in like Christianese language. There's no anointing in that. There's no anointing in King James Elizabethan English. That's not where the anointing comes from. The anointing comes from the word and its purity. The anointing comes from the power of the Holy Spirit, not just something that you feel once in a while, but it gets on the inside of you. And now, preach the good news to those who are poor in body. But it gives you an unction to look and see someone who is without hope and hurting and say, likewise, it doesn't have to stay that way for you. Is there anybody in here this morning that's glad that someone told you it doesn't have to stay the way it used to be for you? I, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I don't wake up anymore wondering what I did or how I got home. I, I'm thankful that I, I'm not wondering. I'm just going to leave it there because there's a lot of things that I could say that just doesn't need to be said in church. But let's just put it this way. It's much better. Much better. I've lived the other way. I've done my own thing. I, I've... I never really did the club thing. I was a little too cool for that. I was a little too redneck for a club, but. <laughs> the bars, the partying, the drinking. Relationships. I had no business being in. I've done it all, and I've realized I'm thankful that someone stood before me and said, and believed that the Spirit of the Lord was upon them, and they were anointed to preach the good news and tell me, there is purpose for your life more than what you see right now. God loves you, and he didn't just, you weren't an accident, you weren't a mistake, you weren't discredited or a disappointment, but God, the Bible says in Jeremiah, that he knew you, he knit you, he created you in his image, but before you were even formed in your mother's womb, he knew you, and he had anointed you, he had set you apart for greatness. I'm calling the greatness out of you this morning. Some of you have never been told that in your life. There is greatness on the inside of you. You're a king in the house of the Lord this morning. You're a queen in the house of the Lord this morning, crowned with the glory and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. God's got purpose for your life. Goodness and mercy is following you. Nothing you have done disqualifies you from God's best. Nothing. 
The moment you turn and repent and say, God, I've gone my, my way. Now I decide I'm going to give you my life and go your way. At that moment, everything you thought disqualifies you is gone, just like that. You ever heard the term faith frustrations before? Somebody shout out, this is a very interactive service today. What's a faith frustration? What does that mean? Anna, do you know? Just an example. That's right. Not seeing what you read or believe. Remember I talked about how I had a tax come on my body this week. It's not, it's not what it says. I, I walk in health and healing. But here's why there's faith frustrations. I'm going to give you two quick reasons. No one ever told me this. I, I learned this in my 20s. I wish I'd have learned it when I was like 12. Christianity, what does that mean? Giving your heart to the Lord and serving Him will get you to heaven, but still lead to frustrations over and over again on this earth if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you. The Holy Spirit is the difference maker. It's the switch that flips everything from mundane, just doing the right thing because it's the right thing, to a fire on the inside of you, like Jeremiah said, that it shut up in my bones and I can't shake it, I can't get rid of it. I'm praying today that that's what falls on this house this morning, like a fire shut up in our bones that we can't keep quiet. You say, why do you yell so much? I don't know. I'd rather just talk in a nice little voice. But there's a fire on the inside of me that I see what God has shown me in the spirit and my family. And I just want to get, I can't be quiet about it. But apart from the Holy Spirit, when I, watch this, I used to just, I was saved at six years old. My mom knelt down with me, Sunday night church, knelt down with me on the third row, on the old orange pews. Man, they were ugly. And prayed the sinner's prayer at six years old with me. And now at six, seven, eight, nine, ten, you don't have a lot of trouble in your life. Mom and dad take care of pretty much everything. But when I hit 12 and then my, at, when I turned 13, I realized there was something that the preachers and the people I respected that seemed to walk in victory. There was something they had that I didn't. And it bothered me. I say at 13, yes, I've been an old soul my whole life. I was like 13, trapped in an 80-year-old's body. I was, no, that was wrong. Did I say that wrong? Yeah. Now I feel like that some days that way, but I was. Leave me alone. I was young, but felt old. There, let me say it that way. Just trying to get you off the hook for last Sunday, Anna. At 13, I said, God, and I didn't know everything in entailed, but I knew there was something more. And at 13, in that same church, I went to the altar. And I didn't know what to do, but I just, the preacher there at the kids' camp, summer camp, was talking about the Holy Spirit and said, if you want the Holy Spirit, 
to come in your life and fill you and empower you, give you. He talked about it like you would to a child or a young, young adult. Gives you power and strength. You know, the what 12 and 13-year-old boy doesn't want power and strength. And I wanted that. And at 13 years old, I stood in an altar and got filled with the Holy Spirit. At 13. 14 goes by, 15 goes by. And that was a one experience for me, but then I walked away from it. I didn't, I didn't continue to be filled. It was an experience for me. And that's where faith frustrations will happen, set up camp, and grow like a wildfire, is if church and the Holy Spirit and victory is an experience you have, but not a life you live. Through my teenage years, I was frustrated. I ran from God. I did all these things that I shouldn't have done. And then at 19... Funny story. My wife's father, my father-in-law, was preaching a camp meeting at that same church again. By the way, keep your kids in church. That same church changed me from the time I was six till I was 20. Over and over again. He was preaching in an outdoor camp meeting, like a summer revival at that church. Her dad was there. Didn't know Carrie, didn't know her dad. You've heard me tell the story, so I won't tell it in depth today, but I walked to that altar with alcohol in my breath. And her dad said that he prayed the beginning of that service, God, draw men and women from the streets that don't even know how they got here. They just find themselves walking to an altar. I I was driving by doing things I shouldn't have been doing. Next thing I know, I'm walking to an altar. And I gave my life to the Lord. Now, he says that if he had known I was going to marry his daughter two years later, he'd have prayed a lot longer for me at the altar. But we didn't know that at the time. That was in July. Five weeks later, I was at Faith Bible College International in Maine. And again, I'm in classes, I'm in chapel, and I'm seeing men and women of God that carry something that I don't have. I'm frustrated. I know I'm a Christian. I I know God's called me to ministry. I know there's, but I'm not seeing what they're seeing. I'm not living in the victory. I'm not seeing the mirror. And and at 19, again, most kids aren't thinking this way, but that's where I was. And then... Someone who was anointed to preach stood before me and said, the Holy Spirit is the difference. And I realized I had an experience, but it wasn't a lifestyle for me. So in a Bible college class, it was the Book of Acts class, studying the Book of Acts. (laughs) Hallelujah. The teacher had someone stand up and pray. And they began to pray, and they were full of the fire. And before I knew it, I got refilled powerfully in that class, filled with the Holy Spirit again. And that was the switch that flipped, that every frust doesn't mean frustration doesn't come, doesn't mean that things don't happen, but it's the, um, the Holy Spirit, the anointing, the unction, is the empowerment to go through things but come out victorious, not broken and busted. That's the difference. That's the difference. You're not nearly as sad when you know there's a trial that you're standing in if you know that because of the Holy Spirit on you and in you that you're going through it, but you're coming out victorious regardless. You don't care about the trial as much anymore. But if you're unsure of who your God is, if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, 
you will end up beat down and broken at the end of that trial you're going through. Jesus said, I'm anointed to preach the good news. You're anointed to live the message of the good news. If you're poor in body, you don't have to stay that way. If you're poor in spirit and broken, maybe you've been in church your whole life, maybe you've been off and on, you can give your life to God, but don't stop there. Ask him to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And the filling of the Holy Spirit is the empowerment to look at a trial and say, let's do this thing because I know, I know what I call a trial. He's already called a victory. Anyone who's a lobsterman or tied to that industry within the sound of my voice, you've been on my heart so much the last few months. I've got a word for you today. When the slow season and the downturn comes, without God and the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you can look at that and say, well, we make it through every year, but it's not pretty. I'm not looking forward to that or full of the Holy Spirit, connected to God, not an experience periodically, but a lifestyle and an infilling daily, you can look and say, when the slow time comes, when the downturn comes, when governments get crazy, when restrictions try to come, when people try to wreck the industry, whatever the case is, I've got the Holy Spirit in me. He's anointed me to be successful. He's anointed me to prosper in times of drought and famine. That's what the Bible says. Do you believe that this morning? Because you can believe it, receive it, doubt it, go without it. You can look at it and say, though it may come and though that's what the industry does, I won't go down. I'm not giving up. I'm going to walk through it and I'll come out stronger and better, not weak and broken. Because I'm anointed to prosper because the spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring the good news to every situation I walk in to bring light into every dark spot I walk in and if there's dark in finances if there's darkness in the industry then you are the light and the strength and the hope that will walk into the industry and say as for me and my house it won't be that way you won't go down you'll go up when you stay connected to God and ask him daily fill me with your spirit Give me your power, God. It eliminates the frustration in your faith. Frustrations try to come. Say this with me. Say, I'm anointed. You're anointed to bring the good news of the gospel wherever you go. The next line says, to proclaim that captives will be released, the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free. I talked about it a moment ago, but I, I want us to really focus in this morning on the go. The Holy Spirit is what gets us ready, set. If, let, let's read another scripture. I want to read something else to you this morning. Let's turn... Let me find it right here. Acts 1.4. And while staying with them, he ordered them, Do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise 
of the Father, which you heard from, from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in not many days from now. And verse 8 says, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Watch this. And you, not Pastor Joel, let me put it this way, not just Pastor Joel or Carrie or Anna, but you will be my witnesses. Now it says Jerusalem and Samaria to the ends of the earth. That was the geographical context in that time. But it applies to us. It says, and to the ends of the earth, wherever you go. That is how we do the going part. The ready set is being in church on Sunday, even when you don't feel like it. The ready set is cracking your Bible open, even if you don't really understand everything, but praying, God, I want to be faithful. I want you to speak to me from your word. Not a religious devotional to check the box. Did that today. Yep, good. But fill yourself with the word. You know, the Bible says that as the last days approach, by the way, we're in the last of the last days, it says, forsake not the gathering, but even more so gather as the end approaches. Even church growth and strategists in the world will tell you that church is on the decline, that people just aren't coming to church, they're just not as into it anymore. Maybe where you're at, but not in Sullivan, Maine. I declare in Jesus' name that the church is increasing in number, increasing in influence in the community. Jesus told the disciples, don't go out until my spirit has come in. Are you hearing me this morning? The ready is coming. It's assembling. It's being here when you don't feel like it. It's, watch this, allowing the word to not only encourage you, but correct you. Ouch. This is going to shock some of you, but do you know if everything I ever preach with this microphone from this pulpit, you like, I failed. That's the reality. My job is to encourage you and fill you full of the word and faith, and I do that. But there's times when I'm preaching something that it just kind of irritates you a little bit. Don't raise your hand if that's today. <clears throat> you know what that's called? That's called a conviction of the Holy Spirit. Here's where people get it wrong. When the preacher says something that kind of just like a little like a burdock stuck to your sock or something, you know, just a kind of annoying, just, ugh, I don't like that. That's the Holy Spirit. The problem is, most people use it as a reason to run. I can't believe that preacher, that pastor, that evangelist said that. That's not what I've seen. That's what my Uncle Joe experienced. It's not how I interpret it. Okay. But when God has placed a man or woman in your life, 
that's anointed to bring the good news that God has put the anointing on them to shepherd and to speak over you. Obviously, don't just blindly believe everything you hear. Take it back to the Word and make sure it's true. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, make sure that you don't mistake conviction of the Holy Spirit and take it as an excuse to run from God's will for your life. Because when God begins to stir something in your heart, when God begins to speak to you through the preaching of the word and it kind of, oh, I mm, don't know if I like that. That doesn't feel very good. You've got two choices. Submit to the Holy Spirit and allow the change to happen. Or run. And if you choose to run, I'm being real blunt and honest with you. I know it's not a shouting time right now in the message, but I need to tell you this, and you need to hear this. If you run, instead of allow the Holy Spirit to maybe... There is so many things that I assumed and thought I knew about God and His nature and Scripture that the older I get, I realize I was so wrong. How did I realize I was wrong? Reading the Word, hearing men of faith that I trust, that are my covering, speak something from Scripture, speak something under the anointing to me that's, that, that, that gets in me and says, well, I didn't, I don't, it's not the way I understood that. That's not the way I saw that. That's not the way I interpreted that. But I get in the Word and I realize I don't know everything. Sometimes we could use a little humble pie. I don't know everything. I hope you're hearing this from my heart of love today. Let the Holy Spirit, let the Word work in your heart. I didn't used to believe that God wanted to heal us and keep us well. I didn't used to believe that God wanted to provide and bless us. Why? Just something I heard growing up, a predisposed idea I had. I had no scripture to back it up, just, well, that's what someone said, so that's, that's what I'm experiencing, so it couldn't be true any other way. Get in the Word. You know, this book is anointed. Heard a preacher say not, long, not long, that long ago that when you read this Word, it reads you. When you work this Word, it works you. Allow the word to correct you because if you run, runners always run. And the next time the Holy Spirit, you know the Holy Spirit never reveals something unless he wants to deal with something. And the only purpose for revealing and dealing is to elevate you, not to take you down. Do you realize that? I know I'm getting right in where it's salty this morning, but I need you to hear this. The only reason the Holy Spirit reveals or speaks to you during the reading of the word or preaching that kind of makes you think, and I don't know if I like that, is because he wants to take you higher. He wants to increase your influence. He wants to increase your peace. He wants you to, to walk in victory and in triumph and in power. But if we don't allow him, he won't force himself on us. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He won't change you if you won't let him change you. 
I pray every week during my study time, God, if there's anything in me that's not from you, burn it out of me. The word is anointed. It's sent to bring revelation, but it's also sent to bring correction. Let's keep reading. I want to answer a few questions for us this morning. So you might be saying, well, Jesus said that, that the spirit of the Lord has anointed me. But what does that have to do with me? Because that's the argument a lot of times. Someone who is too lazy to have faith to believe will say, well, that was Jesus. That doesn't apply to me. I'm glad you said that. If you read a little further in Scripture, the Bible, the Bible says, Jesus says, these works that you saw me do, and greater things will you do. So it wasn't just for Jesus. It wasn't just for the 12 disciples. It wasn't just for his inner circle. Number one, he said, I'm anointed, telling the people, God has put his spirit on me. I'm anointed to bring the good news. Then he said, I'm sending you to be a witness, but don't leave until you flip that switch of the Holy Spirit infilling on the inside of you. And then he said to those who would argue, well, that was Jesus. He knew, he knew that would be said, so he said, these things you saw me do, what do we see Jesus do in Scripture? Heal the leper. Heal the woman with the issue of blood. Part a sea and make dry ground. I heard that, Colt. <laughs> Flip tables, Colt said. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Jesus said, yeah, yeah, those things? I'm not just anointed, but the Holy Spirit on you anoints you to do these things and greater. It doesn't say it anoints preachers or pastors to do greater. It doesn't say evangelists or prophets. These things you will do greater. Now, I know that's hard for some of us to believe this morning. We're thinking, I can't seem to get out of my own way in the morning, let alone raise the dead. Don't start with raising the dead. Start with raising your faith first before you do anything else. Get up in the morning and, and don't be frustrated if you don't raise the dead on Monday morning. Get up and say, I'm just not going to complain today. Start there because I've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. I'm just not going to lay in bed and sorrow all day long. I'm going to get up, get dressed, put a little paint on the old barn, go to work this morning, get excited. <clears throat> half of you are insulted, half of you are laughing at that comment. Start where you're at. God's spirit on the inside of you anoints you, but it's not, it's not an expectation that you'll reach the level that Jesus was your first day doing it. Start where you're at. Get up and say, today, I'm going to be victorious. Today, I'm not going to fight with my kids before they get out the door. Today, when my spouse just... Push it. I'm just going to take a breath and let it go. 
Then go in the, the next step further. You feel a tickle in your throat or a headache come on? Stand in faith and begin to declare over yourself, I'm the healed of the Lord. By his stripes, I'm healed. We can't get someone else up if we can't get ourselves up. That's the get ready and get set. That's what we've been doing. And we need to continue. I continue infilling. I continue encouraging. I continue building up the faith. That's what Sunday's for. That's what Wednesday's for. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, that's the go. It's time that we activate the power on the inside of us. It's time that we take the light to the dark places and don't just get our light together on Sunday and hoard it in here. It's time you walk into your workplace. And when everyone else is complaining about the boss, you don't participate. When everyone else is running down that family member, you say, well, why don't we just pray for them? Start your going wherever you're at, but get going this morning. Are you hearing me? So it wasn't just for Jesus. The first step to going is we must believe. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to he who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that works within us. I don't know about you, but I can ask and think pretty big. Just me? Anybody else asking God for some big things? Anyone else believing God? Big this morning? If you're not, I'm believing God big on your behalf, so you might as well go ahead and join your faith with mine. I'm believing God for big, I'm believing God for this new building in the new year. That's what I'm believing, I've set my faith for it. Contractors, can't find one, shortage of this, delay on that, I'm believing that that's not our portion, and I'm believing with all my heart, and I'll continue to believe that this is the smallest we'll ever be, that there'll be families pouring in here, that this will be a hub of activity Monday through Sunday. I'm believing big. I'm believing that those of you who are sick in body will walk strong and in health by the end of this year. I'm believing those of you who have had your worst financial year will end this year celebrating around with your family at Christmas saying, God has been good to us. This year started terrible, but man, what a miracle he's done in my life this year. I'm believing that for you. But watch this. To whom is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. If you don't know what that means, it means way more than we could ask or even think according to his power that works within us. There's that Holy Spirit on the inside of us working again. You must believe that he wants the best for you, number one. John 10.10 10 says, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, Jesus, have come to give you life and life more abundantly. You have to believe that. It can't be just something you quote. Don't think too hard about it, but think of the worst situation you've been in this year. Just for a second. And in that very moment, at the darkest... You have to be able 
in that darkest moment, that worst time, to believe, to believe with everything you have. God's for me, not against me. He's designed me and desires for me to come out of this strong, not broken. Against all odds against you, you have to in that moment believe what I just read. That his plans for you are exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask or think. That's what he wants to do. I believe that for so-and-so, but I don't know about me. It's for you. This is an every man and every woman word this morning. It's not a saved person's gospel. It's not a, a church person's gospel. It's not an old gospel or a young gospel. It's just the gospel for everyone who will hear it. It's just the good news for everyone, sorry for spitting, that needs good news. You must believe. Get ready. You must be filled. We read it, but we're going to read it again. Acts 1.4. And while staying with them, he ordered them, Do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father which you heard. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And verse 8, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I want you to ask yourself right now, do you believe that God wants you to be victorious? Yes. Like really believe it. Next step. Are you willing when all hell breaks loose this week or this month or next month to stand in that moment and say, I believe this is not God's will for me. This trial has not come to stay, but it's come to pass, and I'm going through. Because I believe God is for me, not against me. I believe that his desire is not for me to be broken, but to be victorious. And because I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and its power on the inside of me. I'm almost done, believe it or not. You must believe. That's the ready. You must be filled. Get set. And the go, you must be active. Acts 2.17. And then in the last days, it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young, women, young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Even the male and female servants in those days will I pour my spirit out upon, and they shall prophesy. And I shall show wonders in the heavens above. And watch this. And signs on the earth below. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. What does that mean? Those who think that they're not worth it. God says, I'm going to pour it out on you if you'll receive it. Those who think that they've messed up too much with their family. I've been a bad parent or grandparent. I've missed it. God says, all flesh will receive.
Though you and other people have said you're a nobody, God says you're somebody, and I desire to pour out my spirit upon you. I want to go back to Wednesday night for a moment. Wednesday night, this past Wednesday night, we had an outpouring of the Holy Ghost like we've never seen yet in this church. This is that. That was prophesied by the prophet Joel in Scripture. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Can I tell you something? There was people in here with a little silver lining in their hair that got touched in an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There was people in here with no hair that got touched with an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we had a 12, 12 right? 12-year-old 12 young lady that got hit by the power of God Wednesday night. And stood back there where Gina is, sat, stood, hands up, tears running down her face, just waves of the glory of God coming over her for two hours straight. Service was done for 20 minutes, and she was still just, just soaking in it. Totally, totally overcome by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Why? If you're wondering why some people in church get words spoken to them, God gives a prophetic word. If you're wondering why some people get touched, if you're wondering why some people seem to get called out or prayed for or whatever, it's because the anointing responds to the pull on the anointing. Where there's a hunger and a thirst for the goodness and the glory of God pulling on the anointing, it gets pulled to them. That's what happened with Brooklyn. I heard that at camp this summer, she went forward when the preacher gave a call to say, who feels called into the ministry? Who here? Youth, by the way, 12-year-old, saying, here I am, Lord, send me. I want to go into the ministry. She responded. What am I trying to say? The level that you hunger and thirst will be the level that you get poured out upon. When I was 12 years old, I, Brooklyn's ahead of where I was. I didn't want to sit in church. I was like, I want to go build a tree house, or it's just normal for a young boy to do. God's desiring to pour out his spirit. There's an acceleration that's taking place right now in the world. I don't know if you realize it or not. What does that mean? God has given prophetic words over your life, over this house, over this church, that things are going to happen, things are going to take place. Different ministries across the world, prophecies over America, this is going to take place, that have happened years and years and decades ago. And if the word was given even 10 years ago over your life, and it hasn't happened yet, Jesus is coming soon. The time has shortened, therefore the work and the answer must be quickened. Are you hearing me? So maybe it took you 20 years to get to this point, and you feel like you've got 20 years of you trying to do it your own way. It doesn't take 20 years to get you out and get you victorious. There's an acceleration on the earth that's taking place, for time is short. The Bible says that one day, like a thief in the night, 
unexpected, no warning, a mighty trumpet from heaven shall sound. Hallelujah. And it says the dead in Christ, those who are Christians and died, they'll be caught up. They'll be caught up to heaven. It says those who remain here on this earth that have received Jesus will be caught up with them. And heaven will be our home. Like a thief in the night. That's why we don't have time to play games. We must activate what's on the inside of us. I promise you, if you get people in these doors from your circle of influence, I'll do everything in my, my human ability to hear from God and get the word of God in their hearts when they walk through. By the way, we're launching our new discipleship, our 12-step discipleship program for new believers in October. So now we're going to do a better job of not just making decisions, but making disciples. So people who don't just come and then leave, they come and stay. You know, I was talking to Jolene. I mentioned it Wednesday. I was talking to Jolene on the phone Wednesday. I think it was Wednesday. She was in the hospital. And she said to me, I don't think I'm done. She said, I see people on those little motorized carts, she said, in Walmart that are broken. She said, I just want to go over and lay hands on them and watch them recover. How old is she, 92? 12 or 92? The amount you ask God and are willing to receive the outpouring. Like in the book of Isaiah when he said, here I am. The Lord said, who shall we send with this message? And he said, here I am, Lord, send me. Don't let a 12-year-old and an 80 or a 92-year-old be the only ones that are saying, here I am, Lord, send me. God, I pray that the young fire and the old fire catches fire in the middle and that we go forward. We can't go into Walmart without laying hands on someone. We can't go to work without inviting someone to church. It's time for us to go. Remember that weird meme that was going around on Instagram and the reels, Holy Spirit Activate? Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about, but pretty cool. I got Instagram almost figured out. <laughs> Not all the way, but almost. I'm getting there. It's time Holy Spirit activate for real. And here's the thing. You don't need a doctorate degree. You don't need a theology degree. You don't need a, a position or a microphone or a pulpit. You just need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Yesterday, we went to a restaurant, and I was in line getting ready to pay. And I felt I could, I don't know how it happens to you, but when the Holy Spirit begins to speak to me, I can feel it. It's just almost like, I don't know how to explain it other than like a stirring on the inside of me. I just feel God starting to move in my heart. And I knew there was somewhere for me to go in that moment. 
And the person in front of me was scrambling a little bit to come up with the money. There's my go moment. But if I believe that God wants me broke and barely scraping by, in a go moment, I have to stay. And the only thing I have to offer is my pity. But if I'll get full of the Holy Spirit, if I realize that God's anointed me to go everywhere I go, that's a go moment for me. It's a go moment for you. Think of Danny. We won't, we won't have a, an idea of the quarter of the stuff he faces in the run of a week. Go moments. But if Danny's not full, he can't flow. If you and I don't get full, we can't flow. Say, what are you trying to say? All I'm trying to ask you today is let's make up our mind that at Charleston Church Down East, we refuse to live a selfish Christianity. Oh, God, give me, give, give me that, put a Band-Aid on me on Sunday so I can drag myself through the next Sunday morning. No. If you need bandaged, so to speak, if you need healing, if you need encouragement, get it. That's what this is for. But it is possible. In fact, it's the will of God for us to get to a point where we're, we have been broken, but we've allowed God to heal the brokenness and realize that when we do that, we're anointed to go and use our brokenness to heal the broken in others. You say, well, I don't know what I have to offer. Winston, you've got something to offer that I could never offer. You have people in your life that I may never see, but you've got something on the inside of you that you can offer to them. Demons family. I know you've seen it. I was talking to my wife about it this week. There has been like a, a supernatural like acceleration I don't know about your personal life. I'm sure it is happening, but in the spirit over you too. I've seen it in the last six months. It's like you've elevated ten levels. You just see the power of God all over the two of you. God's using you in ways you don't even realize. People are coming to Pastor Kieran and saying that you've spoke something or did something. We're there for them. Continue to just allow God to get in and do what he's doing. Pillars in this church and in this community of strength, anointed to take the good news and go. Y'all doing okay? Hannah, if you could come back. I expected this in my head to be a much more exciting and shouting message today, but... We have to go. You know, from the first days we walked in here, I remember I was walking this altar the first week before we had ever grabbed a mic or stood behind a pulpit. That first week we were here. I came up in the middle of the week and we were walking this altar, my wife and I praying. 
And you know what I prayed? I felt prompted to pray, and I thought, this isn't going to grow the church. This is my thought because this is what God spoke to me. Pray that I would use this church as a training ground to send people out. He said, believe me that people will be called into ministry every month in this place. Then get them ready, set them up, and tell them to go. And God is doing that.
what can I do? Because if you think that I've got a small circle of influence or I really don't carry it or I really don't know the Bible as well as you or whatever you're thinking this morning, realize that you, it didn't catch God by surprise. He knew you'd be exactly where you are right now. And yet he still anointed you and called you. Not because he thought you'd be different, but because he knew who you'd be. He knew your strengths. He knew your weaknesses. Yet he died for you. Yet he anointed you and he called you. You're not too old. Gene's not too old. I mean, there's dirt and then Gene, just a little younger. But he's not too old. He's strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And I believe, I joke with him, but he knows I love him. I believe he is going to run around this sanctuary in the near future. Run with strength. Run with power. I won't be able to keep up with him. You won't be able to keep up with him. He shall run with power and strength.
Spirit and power today. In Jesus' mighty name. And as you are filled, you shall be empowered to take the good news to the poor in spirit, to the poor in body, and to the poor in finances, and bring light and hope and answers. And drive out the darkness wherever you go. Sullivan, Maine shall be saved for the glory of God. Winter Harbor shall be saved for the glory of God. Ellsworth shall be saved for the glory of God. Goolsboro shall be saved for the glory of God. Hancock, Lemoyne, Bar Harbor, and everywhere in between, north, south, east, and west, shall be saved for the glory of God. And this, those with their hands raised, shall be the army and the soldiers that God sends forward, saying, here I am, use me. God says, I anointed you, I called you, and today I commission you into battle. Now go and fight, says the Lord. And you shall see that when you put souls first, when you put my kingdom first, I'll add everything onto you you would have strove to get. When you put my souls, what's important to me, souls first, I shall put your home first. You're commissioned and sent today. Opportunities shall be great. Your influence shall be powerful. And the results shall be numerous. In Jesus' mighty name. As you go from this place today, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. When you feel something stirring on you, look for someone who needs you. When you're in the restaurant, look for someone who needs you. When you're at work, look for someone who needs a word of encouragement. Look for someone who you know if they got in these doors, their family would be changed forever. You don't have to have a degree. You just have to have confidence that God is for them just like he's for you. And just tell your story of how God touched your life. And watch and see. He will use you mightily to touch the lives of others. Thank you, Lord. God, I pray for these people as they go today. I pray you would bless them. Encourage them today, God. God, I thank you that because they were found in the house of the Lord here on a Sunday morning, that residue of your glory will be found in their house all week long. Hallelujah. I thank you that goodness and mercy is chasing them down this week. I thank you God opportunities are coming. I thank you increase is coming. I thank you God they're about to have the best last quarter of a year they've ever had. I thank you God that we stand shoulder to shoulder today and say we are a family but we're an army of the Lord and we march out of this place we're ready we're set and today we go and compel compel with the light with the good news of the gospel be with them God bring them back safely on Wednesday and on Sunday and we'll give you the glory for it in Jesus mighty name one last thing before you go. This coming Wednesday, we'll have our Faith Bible College students with us. I'm going to have a few of them uh, share for a few minutes like we do every year when they're here. So 
if you can at all, make it out Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Support our Bible College students. We'll see you then, or we'll see you on Sunday. Have a great week. Thank you for listening. If you want to connect with us, don't hesitate to visit us in person at our Down East location in Sullivan, Maine. You can also find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Have the best week you've ever had.